Hey, it's Paul. And Shamina. And welcome to Head Boss in Charge. So we are bringing you um, a SUP, a stand-up meeting. We got some things to say, quick and dirty, and we're going to get right to the points. So um, we are having a stand-up meeting for interviews. Uh, You know, Shamina and I, we've, in the past few months, just have been interviewing a lot of folks as managers and just um, as uh, members of our, of course, organization. And at least for me personally, um, I've just seen a lot of things that I don't like, things that I like um, in interview culture um, as a candidate, things you should or should not do um, in interviews. And, you know, as I think about it, I think things have changed over the course of time. I think we always develop new professional expectations in the workplace around interviewing. Uh, And then I think of some things that have stayed remained standard for the test of time and they haven't really changed. So I thought it would be good if we both had a talk back and go through our um, experiences of interviewing people and then flip the script and talk about um, do's and don'ts of um, uh, on the employer side of how we should interview people um, uh, and, and candidates of very various different levels. Sounds good. Yeah, you have a lot to say um, on that. I was like, okay, well, I, <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah, I do. So, okay, uh, let's start with uh, just being a candidate and expectations of um, uh, being in an interview. So, uh, some some things that come to mind are kind of like hard skills. Uh, you know, I think an interview, in a way, is... A performance, you still want to show your authentic self, but understand that I think an interview is more than definitely what you say and what comes out of your mouth. But I think mm-hmm. an interviewer is looking, picking up on things such as public speaking skills and presentation. Um, five people can say, can respond to the question the same exact way uh, in terms of like the, like what they said, but uh, mm-hmm. how you say it can be a huge indicator on um, how you can interact with folks in the workplace. So public speaking and presentation, so that can be that can be broken down into clarity, tone of voice, uh, maybe your gestures or your nonverbal cues. Uh, <laughs> eye contact, where are you looking in the room? Um, these are all things that um, I, are usually at the top of my mind because sometimes I space out a little bit when I hear, um, when I listen to someone and I'm really just looking, um, uh, I'm really being moved by how you're presenting the information to me that, at least for me personally on the receiving side, uh, that speaks volumes to how I perceive you as a candidate. Mm-hmm. You're funny. Um, I have, like, I legit have like three do's and three don'ts. They are not an exhaustive list by any means. But there, like you said, there are things that I have seen and have not been uh, impressed with or enjoy as the person on the other side of the table as the employer. Um, so mine are a little less specific and more general. Um, and I would even say these are over the course of like my time interviewing people, which I love to do and be a part of. Um, so you share the the presentation of self just generally. And I, my first one, again, these are in no particular orders. Um, do be yourself and now is not the time to be an actor or an actress and to try to fake this is not the time to fake your way to the top um 
which sound very dream girls when I think about that Eddie Murphy faking it. Anywho, <laughs> um, but yeah, be yourself and show up as yourself, and because ultimately that's you're that's the person that they are going to hire and hopefully expect to see like show up on the first day if you get the job. So now I don't think the interview is the time to. I mean, there's certainly a level of like fake the funk a little bit, um, but not so much so that you're not recognizable when you show up for your first day. Right. Um, I have uh, my next do is answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> right. I find a lot of people, they love giving context. They will add so much fluff. Um, either the add context will add fluff. They will beat around the bush and um, most of the questions that I ask of my interviewees are, is to give an example and they'll do everything, but give an example. They'll just give their philosophy or their opinion. Uh, just answer That's, the question. Yeah. Those are the times where I, you have to switch it up and maybe like briefly describe in just a few words. Could you, can you tell me a little bit about like, these are all markers where I'm like, get to the point. Like enough of the talking, and I'm not a big context person generally, so. Me neither. Yeah. And if I if I feel like oh, I I want them to do well, maybe after two questions and they still don't get it, I will say briefly, yeah, pause, <laughs> and emphasize briefly so that you know they get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I say my next one is do pay attention to who you meet throughout the day. So if I if you're interviewing with a department in a larger organization and the only people that you meet through meet that day are the people in that department. To me, that's a, that's a sign that you, they're they're trying to hide something or um, there's just something missing. If you don't get a broader perspective of the organization and perhaps that's my background in education because there is so much, you know, cross collaboration and training and whatnot. But if you're only meeting the people that you are going to solely be working on working with, to me, that's a bit of a, like, what are you hiding? And what does the rest of the organization look like if these are the only people that I'm meeting? Mm-hmm. That's a really good one. Um, another one is, um, I think it's standard, have questions prepared to ask at the end of the interview. Oh my gosh, you read, you read uh, my mind. That's my third one. Okay, so, but it's more than that. It's the types of questions you ask. I think Mm -hmm. there are certain questions you should ask during the first round interviews Mm -hmm. and certain questions you should ask at the final round. And then certain questions you should ask during the offer. Maybe there's another round of interviews. Um, Don't be, don't be asking me about uh, salary and benefits after just the phone screen. Yeah, because I, I don't mean, even know if I like you yet. <laughs> exactly. Maybe unnecessary. <laughs> so unnecessary. Um, I think appropriate questions for the first round interview is maybe clarity um, on the structure of the organization. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe clarity on um, um, does this position supervise other people? Maybe you want to figure out how does this position situate amongst the team? Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe goals for the position. Is this a brand new position or has it existed many years before? Mm-hmm. Um, second round interview, uh, then you can maybe talk about office culture or uh, is there a strategic plan that you have for your organization? Um, you can start maybe getting a little bit more personal and heavy. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the number one rule is uh, don't ask about benefits and salary until you think or you know you're one of the finalists 
um, or wait until the employer discloses that information up front. You may have a different opinion, Shamina. I don't know, but well, I think the we could do a whole another stand up question, stand up uh, conversation around interview questions to ask, um, and then some to be prepared to answer. So um, I will go with those. Are all good questions? I would agree. Um, you kind of led into my first do not or don't don't skip researching the job, the company. Um, any current news about the organization, a simple Google search, which is free, um, can help you out a lot. Um, and don't skip kind of poking around the website and looking for people's org charts. Use LinkedIn. That's part of what it's there for. And try to see if you can get a sense of where people position, are positioned in the organization. Um, so I say don't skip the doing the research. And I'm not saying like know all the stuff as though you work there already because you don't, because there will be a lot of things that you don't know. But having a general just an understanding of what the company does, what are its values, what is it, you know, what have they been in the news for recently, um, good, bad, or indifferent. I mean, not that you want to highlight the bad stuff, but um, mm-hmm. it's good to know that because that may, there may be enough bad stuff. So to the point where you're like, oh, maybe not. Like they're, they're in the news, but not for good reasons. But don't skip on the research. Um, so when you said the part about kind of seeing where the position is fitted and um, within the organization, um, you you are likely to find some of that stuff when you start to dig around, even minimally. You don't have to get really deep about it, um, but don't skip on that because it will show if you skip. Right, right. Um. Uh. Okay. So my I I would say don't, and it depends if you're with the job you're applying for has a recruiter, and they're mm-hmm. doing the initial steps, and then you have the hiring manager. Um, but don't nag the hiring manager. So let's say a lot of time has passed and you haven't heard of anything. I think there's mm-hmm. a certain threshold. I, I've had a lot of candidates. Um, they'll send me email after email after email over this course of a couple weeks. And then they'll, you know, start calling and they'll, they'll do this and we'll do that. And that just makes me very um, disinterested or mm-hmm. uninterested in the candidate. Um, as a hiring manager, we don't have recruiters at my job, but I don't know, Kastrumina, if you have anything to say about whether it's okay to nag a recruiter, but in my general opinion, you know, we are we are trying to look to fill this position, but we also have day-to-day job mm-hmm. responsibilities to do. So I may not be able to respond back to you quickly. If I definitely care about you as a candidate, I'll try my best, but I think um, candidates should just be, um, I guess, sensitive to what else may be going on um with the hiring manager yeah um and i would say uh, i don't know that it's ever good to nag um i think you have to each person has to find their point of how the frequency of which they want to be deemed as persistent um but again being mindful that like hiring someone is one part of like the many things that someone does so um no i think it's annoying to nag and those people automatically turn me off because i'm like you, if you're like this and you don't even have the job when you get here, you're going to get on my nerves because you're going to always be needing something. So all of those things lead into like a candidate and the, the, like how you show up. It's more than just what you say over the phone or what you say in person. It's all these other pieces that go along with that. Um, so I would agree. Um, but each person has to find that of where they want to be persistent. Um, and some of those questions that you might ask during the process might lead you to see like how quickly they're able to move or how responsive they've been through 
the rest of the, the application process and the screening process. So as a candidate, you got to pay attention to those things. Like, have they been on it, on it, on it and being like consistent with their deadlines and timelines? Or have they been slow to get around? Because then you can imagine it's not going to be a fast process to get an offer or any sort of follow up. <coughs> um, my next one is do not underestimate the power of who you have as a reference. Um, Ooh, that's a good one. I and I, I say this in terms of formal references and who this leads in, this also leads kind of into my last one. Um, formal references, so the paper people that you have on paper that when they're asked for references or whatnot, but also like your informal references can certainly make or break who you are. And I, when I say informal references, I, I mean those people who either you're connected to on LinkedIn or if, de depending on the size of the field that you're going into or your geographic area, people may know who you are and your work. Um, so be mindful of that when you are going through a, a job search experience and think about who can speak well on your behalf. Um, and which leads into my last one. Um, so I'm, I'm getting a twofer. Um, don't assume that your current supervisor should be a reference. Um, sometimes they depends on what your relationship looks like. It depends on how credible you find, um, your supervisor, but uh, they're not always the best person that's going to speak on your behalf. Um, and you have to be thoughtful about that, but then also be ready to respond when someone says, if I'm, if I'm an employer, she means as an employer, if I'm looking at your resume and your, your, your job, uh, your references aren't anybody that's at your current job, I'm going to be like, Hmm, that's interesting. That's going to tell me a little bit. Um, and which may me, make me ask a question around that at some point during the process, maybe at the close of the day, if there's anyone at your current organization that, you know, that could speak to your work. So, uh, and I always say, ask people to be your reference and if they can be a positive reference. Um, I have certainly kind of given a side eye when I've gotten a phone call to be a reference for someone that I don't, that I can't speak well of and or who didn't ask me. Oh yeah. Oh, it's really annoying when I, <laughs> it hasn't happened maybe once, but uh, I don't like getting refer reference checks when the candidate didn't ask me or even give me, give me any insight as to what job they're applying for. Cause yeah, then I right? can't talk about you in the context of the position. Yeah. And if I'm going to cape for you, I, there's something I'm, I want to see your resume. I want you, I want, because chances are I haven't worked with you that recently, which is fine. But I can speak to your past experience, but don't come out the blue because if I don't know what you're doing now, I'm not. It's going to be difficult for me to cape for you to a potential employer. Um, I, I think any candidate that's you know wondering how to deal with some of the what we just said, um, I think the cover letter is always a good place to address why you may not list um, your current reference or your current supervisor. Um, mm -hmm. Because there may be times, especially uh, this happens very frequently on senior level positions where uh, you don't want to notify your employer that you're looking. You want to keep it confidential. So that may be a reason why you might not put your direct supervisor. Maybe it's the <laughs> president <laughs> or uh, a VP. Um, you want to keep it confidential. So maybe during the phone screen, you might self-disclose that. Um, and uh, as an employer, um, it's ethical to keep things confidential. And if that's the case, I think there's a universal or, you know, understanding that, mm -hmm. okay, that's fine. But can you at least give me a reference that 
knows of the work that you're doing in your current role, um, because that's where you've worked for the past five to 10 years, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I definitely liked what you said about the uh, informal reference checks. But <laughs> they're, they're, we can even turn this into another episode. Confidentiality definitely um, becomes a sticky situation, especially if you're in an industry where the network is really small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So why don't we switch to the other side of the table? Um, I think oftentimes I read and uh, see information on how to interview. But mm-hmm. uh, I've, as a candidate, I've seen some things that really turn me off in terms mm-hmm. of um, how employers interview. And I think it's important to remember that uh, the candidate is the employer is interviewing as much as the candidate is. And yes. so there's a level of uh, expectations and professionality, uh, professionalism um, to display so that the, um, you can get the candidate that you want. Mm-hmm. So um, do you want to start, Shamina? Sure. Um, so my first, I can just blow through my three because I have three and three. That was the theme. Um, these are super simple. Um, don't text or email during interviews. Mm. I have been amazingly surprised at how much I see this going on. And I know that people are not taking notes because perhaps I'm sitting next to the person who is emailing or low key. Somebody was, I was sitting next to someone in the last, let's say the last year who was trying to get Hamilton tickets during the interview. (laughs) And don't get me wrong. I I saw Hamilton and I loved it. And the interview is not the time to check to see if you won the Hamilton lottery. Uh, <laughs> I was like, how rude is this? And then when it came their turn to like ask the question, they weren't even ready. I was like, what are you doing? I was so annoyed. And then I just let them sit there. Cause then I, I was like, I can't help you if you're not going to help yourself. So they just had to sit there and look silly. Um, don't miss out on the opportunity. Um, as an employer. So if I'm the hiring person or if I'm a, if I work currently in that department, don't miss the opportunity to weigh in about a potential new colleague or supervisor. Um, I think lots of people feel like their voice isn't, doesn't matter or it's not being heard and like whatever comments or feedback that they provide are not um, uh, being considered. But you, I tend to be surprised at how many people don't think that their voice matters in these I'm like, I am one piece, even if I'm the hiring person, I might get along with them, but there's another perspective from all these other people that I need to hear and be mindful of. Like if they're only nice to me and they're asshole to like people who would be their peers or people who they would supervise, that's problematic. Cause I don't, I generally don't want to hire an asshole, but I need you to work out besides for just what I need from an employee. Um, and then my last don't, and then I'll let you go. Uh, don't be late to the interview. As an uh, employer um, or as someone who works in a current department, don't be late. And then if you can, it is completely unavoidable for you to be late, then don't come in being loud and then apologizing while we're in the middle of the shit. Don't nobody care. Come in quietly and sit down. Oh, Lord. I'm sorry. My meeting ran late and such and such. Does anybody have the questions? If you don't get the hell out of here, you've already messed up the vibe. You've thrown the candidate off. You've made me roll my eyes at you. You made all of us look unprofessional. So if you're not going to make it on time or within the first like two to three minutes, then don't show up. That's okay. Take the L. 
try to see them at another experience, at time in the day. But anyhow. Mm. But yeah, really, really good ones. Uh, <laughs> so comedic. Uh, <laughs> um, this first one, I'm very guilty of doing, and I, I of course, I, I, I'm growing as a professional. Um, don't, don't sit there with an air of this, like, uh, I guess, haughtiness, where you mm-hmm. are just grilling the candidate, everything they say you don't like for the sake of not liking them. Um, mm-hmm. Or for the sake of making it difficult for them to see if they can fight their that. way through unnecessary negative negativity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it, sometimes it's even in body language, like you just cross your legs, you got the notepad, and everything they're saying, you counter them with another question. Or Yeah, um, I hate that. Yeah, and it's just so unnecessary. That's going to turn off the candidate because... Um, at the end of the day, they're going to have to work with you possibly. And if that's how you act, that's not going to, that's not in, not, not an inviting culture, um, for them to be in. So just be yourself, be friendly, um, impress them as much as they have to impress you. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen um, people who do that, but those are the people who I can tell that they feel threatened in some capacity by this new person coming in and that they're going to be outshined. Cause that's, yes, those yeah. are the people who like show up and are all stink about it. And I'm like, what? You don't even know this person. Like, calm down. You already work here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've um, seen that. Laura, for sure. sexy. You ain't going to be working here if you continue that. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> um, my next one is, uh, okay, there are times where uh, everyone, uh, um, these are situations where um, there are multiple interviewers interviewing the candidate. So like, maybe it's a panel. And mm-hmm. everyone is just like, really um getting into the conversation like they're eating up this candidate everyone's vibing Mm -hmm. with the candidate really well and um you have to stick with the questions that are on the paper and i think sometimes people will cut someone off and like have a (laughs) follow-up question uh Mm -hmm. i just think that's really inappropriate despite how good the meeting is going um from an ethical standpoint every candidate has to be asked the same number uh the same set of questions and you want to make sure you have time to ask the candidate all the questions but don't feel don't keep interrupting other folks across the table just um to benefit yourself um if you are going to do a follow-up question think of something that's going to benefit the whole room in terms of reflecting on the response or save your follow-up questions to the end mm-hmm. you know what's funny about that i think that is an education specific thing in terms of asking the same question of all the candidates. Huh. Yeah. I, I haven't okay. been too, like, I haven't been out in the, the rest of the, like, workforce. Um, and, yeah, should there be a baseline of questions? And low-key, I don't, I don't always love having to ask the same questions because I'm like, sometimes I want to go a little bit deeper. Or, like you said, they give a response that's, like, thoughtful and people are eating it up and you want to know more and different stuff. And then you're stuck in this kind of, like, well, we must stick to what's on the page. But yeah, I like the, uh-huh. the thing you said about at the end of the interview, save them for then if you can um, as follow-ups. That's a good point. And my last one, um, I think this is uh, this is definitely within education, but I've seen it outside of education too. I think some employers are just really bad at crafting questions. Oh my like, God. Just ask time. good questions because- yeah. I've just, whether it's a phone screen or the final round interview, in my head, there are times where I'm just like, well, duh, you know, you know, (laughs) you don't even need to ask that one. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's just I um yeah I, I can't think of any off the top of my head but um good questions let me say this um good questions are ones that I think are scenario based I think that is definitely where um we are right now in the working culture is that we're asking um less nuanced questions such as what do you think about time management how do you organize yourself what do you do that like they're more mm -hmm. about i'm going to give you a real life situation and you're going to solve it um mm -hmm. this is definitely the practice that uh, uh employers use on the engineering side because everything they do is practical based so yeah i'm going to give you a set of questions to answer i'm going to leave you in the room for 10 minutes and you're going to answer the questions and then i want you to talk about why you answered it that way um mm -hmm. i think we're we're in a place where it's all about critical thinking um that's what we value in the workplace so it's more about <laughs> how did you get how did you get there versus what the actual uh solution was yeah so it sounds like you're talking about like some more behavior based questions as opposed to just the tangible, can you do X, Y, and Z? Like, yes, I can. Um, right. Yeah, I very much appreciate the behavior-based ones rather than the like, how do you organize yourself? Oh, I use a planner. Well, no shit, I uh, use a calendar. Well, duh. Ugh, right. Um, that one about the questions leads to my first of three do's. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny, yet and still, um, do read over the questions before asking them out loud. You Sorry, laugh, a, a but funny. I'm like, people don't, and I'm like, I don't know if it's like a reading, like an ability to read or not read, um, or like if you need to use your finger to scroll across the page, by all <laughs> means do that. Like, but just take a quick peek down um, and or share with the people in the room before the interview actually starts. Like if I'm coming in, sometimes it's hard to like see this long ass question and it's like 17 questions in one. And they're right. like, this is this is number three. And I was like, no, this is number three through ten. And you just didn't put any more numbers in there. You just put a whole bunch of question marks. Um, but read over the question before you have to say it out loud. You'll save yourself some embarrassment on there. Were you or, gonna say something uh, about that? Yeah, just um I'm a fan of like, yes, the words are on the paper, but you want to be human with the candidates, so paraphrase. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I, I think it's so awkward when they, you know, the uh, interviewer, like, basically has the paper in their face and they're just, like, reading it like a robot. It's just, yeah. like... Or um, I, I love when folks are able to um, connect the questions. Like, maybe there was something the candidate said 10 minutes ago and you're able to keep the conversation moving saying so you said this earlier and i think mm -hmm. this really segues into this question can you talk a little bit more about that that shows that you're very you're listening mm -hmm. um i think that's a, a really good trait to show as an employer um you alluded to this a little bit around the nonverbals um on both ends but do fix your face um resting bitch face is a real thing and it's that face, right? That body. <laughs> Sorry, real housewives. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, but that's that funny. Body. That sounds like Sheree, but anywho. it was Sheree uh, and Nini, yes. Okay, right? I was like, she by Sheree. Um, a fashion show with no fashions. Um, but so many people are sitting in the room and they're like, I'm not saying you got to smile and look like an idiot, but like. Show the person like you have some interest in being there and that like you want to be inviting as well. It, I'm surprised at how many people like are given like stank faced or uh, resting bitch face through the whole thing. Like they don't want to be there. And I was like, bitch, if you don't want to be here, then don't be here. 
Like, if it's that terrible, leave. But I'm just surprised at how many people, like, and I get, like, sometimes, like, if that's just your how your face goes, that's how it goes. And you've got to be mindful of that. Every now and then, like, try to give it a little soften, like, like a little, I don't I'm doing this here in, a, in front of, a, like, a long mirror, but, like, soften your face a little bit and, like, nod and, like, at least pretend to actively listen um, and to pay attention. So, um, and then my last one is, as an employer, do prepare for the candidate experience as much as the candidate is ex- preparing to be there. Um, so if I, as a candidate, um, feel like the process was poorly put together, it was sloppy during the day, folks didn't have the questions, the questions were shit, um, you're probably going to lose a solid candidate because you didn't prepare to receive that person and to show them like, you know, the best of what you have. Now, if your best is like, if your best is shitty, then you just, you should expect that from the, the level of candidates that you're going to attract and, and probably hire. But like, be timely in your response, which we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, be communicative as as much as you can and be consistent with that. Um, be prepared for the day, like have the candidate's resume out there. Don't be like, oh, we got to go make copies. We'll start in a few minutes. Like, make yourself comfortable. Like, be oh, ready. I hate that. Yeah. You know they were coming. They didn't just pop up and like, I'm here for the interview and you didn't know. So like, be prepared. So that is really frustrating. It's actually quite embarrassing um, from an organizational standpoint of like, we already don't have our shit together. And you like, we on the first date, which is, you know, like the actual in-person interview. and we don't have our shit together, but we going to pretend like, oh, the copier stopped working. That's the convenient lie. That's what that mm-hmm. is. That's my dog ate my homework. Right? So I'm like, we have to be prepared and ready to go. So, yeah. Awesome. I think that's a great end to our do's and don'ts. Thanks for listening, y'all. Um, we hope you had um, something to take away from me, from the conversation. Yeah, I'd also um, anywho- say- Tweet at us, email us if you have other do's and don'ts from either side that you want to share with us. And we will um, retweet them back or share them in a future episode. Yes, definitely. All right, y'all. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.